welcome to Craft, Design, Edit, Sleep, Repeat with hosts Lisa Conway and Nikki Jensen. Listen as we take a deep dive into the business of fiber craft design. Hi, welcome back. Today I want to talk about the technical side of going from idea to a pattern. What are the steps that we need to go through to actually put our work out there? I'm going to deep dive a little bit into the pattern itself, but what is what are the steps? What what do I have to do? What do I have to know goes on my calendar so I can meet my deadlines? whether they're self-imposed or imposed by others. What's the right approach? Well, there's a couple of things that can be moved around a bit, but let's talk about one approach that will help make this a little more enjoyable and a lot more rewarding. So first, you've got to choose a design. For many of you, this is the easy part. This is the part for me that tends to be a little bit trickier because I don't see myself as the creative, as we talked about last time. Figuring out what I'm going to create. Am I going to do a scarf, a hat, a sweater? Does it need to be in multiple sizes or is one size okay? Will there be a unique shape or stitch pattern? What are the elements of design that you want to put into this creation? This is where a little bit of art skill can be handy and a sketchbook kept close by especially for those who have more ideas than they have time. Sketch it out. Make notes of details. I rarely can create a sketch, but I certainly can say, I'd like to make something out of a yarn similar to this, with this stitch pattern in this shape, or this size, or whom I intended where or, or audience is going to be. Those are the kind of details I write down when an idea does come to me. Then you have to figure out what are the pieces that are going to affect the design. Well, if you want a specific size, you need to get your gauge, right? You need to do that swatch. Even as a designer, swatching is an important part of the process. As a matter of fact, it can often be more important because you can see how your stitches lie together. I know many who do many, as many as dozens of swatches before they get to the actual project. Or they'll do a dozen swatches and they'll pick from those the one that will go the ones that will go into this project 
and save the others for another time. Once you've got your gauge, which tells you your needle size and possibly the yarn you're going to use, uh, sometimes you play with swatching with, you know, something cheap, maybe an old acrylic you have on hand, but you know that you're going to actually be purchasing a much nicer yarn for the end project. And I'm not, I'm not dissing on acrylic. I'm talking about the super cheap acrylics that sometimes we have lying around because we've picked them up on sale or uh, purchased them in our local big box store to play with. Uh, those can be great swatching yarns, even if they're not going to end up being the finished size of yarn, because they can tell you how stitch patterns work together and how stitch patterns affect color. They can tell us a lot of things, and there are, can, they can be a worthwhile purchase. But then you need to create a second swatch with the right yarn, if that's what you've done, so that you can get your gauge. That way you can create the size that you're going for. Make sure you have listed that gauge, that all-important gauge, and what size you want the item to be and do that little bit of math. And then you're going to either write your pattern and knit from that, which many are a proponent of. I know, I know many designers that that's the way they work, especially when creating garments, because you can actually manage the grading before you ever start the project. I will say that my biggest concern about doing that myself is oftentimes my swatch gauge and my project gauge end up being a little different. And I need to consider that in the final pattern because I might need to readjust what the sizing for the finished objects is going to be. But nonetheless, it is an important part of the step, important step in the process. Boy, you would think it was very early in the morning here. Can't talk. So in making your notes, make detailed notes on the yarn you're using what the fiber content is, how much you is needed to complete the finished project. If multiple sizes, how much to finish each size. Do this up front and place it into your pattern template right away and you won't have to look it up again later. The other thing you can do is keep a good clear list of the tools you use, whether you create that list beforehand or, well, I've decided I want to use a stitch marker here. 
Make sure to make a note of it so that it goes in the pattern because if you want that stitch marker, your knitter or crocheter is going to want it as well. What things besides standard needles, what other tools might you use during this project? Write it down because if you need it, they need it and it needs to go in the pattern. When we get to actually writing the pattern itself, the technical, the sometimes more boring portion for some people, make sure that you keep a clear and complete list of any abbreviations that you're going to use throughout the pattern. Use the same abbreviation throughout for the same thing. I recently had a pattern edited where I had used three different terms to describe what was basically the same process. One was a fully written out, one was an abbreviation, and one was a slightly altered variation of the written out. And when my editor, thank you, Nikki, pointed this out to me, it was like, well, duh, use the abbreviation more often, and you don't need all those different terms. But keep a clear list. And if you put an abbreviation in, add it to the glossary. If you find yourself having put something into the glossary that doesn't make it into the pattern, then it should be removed. Where you place the glossary in the pattern can really be a determination on your part, but at the beginning is usually best. Materials, on the other hand, can either go at the beginning or the end, depending on how the pattern is going to be displayed. Uh, I know indie designers who are also indie dyers, and they sell their patterns in person, and they are prepackaged so that on the front you see the title and the photo and possibly the romance. That's the part where we describe why we created this object and what the object is. And then they place the yarn requirements and the tools at the back page so that it's highly visible even in the packaging. But be specific. Make sure you include everything, whether that's a pair of scissors, a tapestry needle, a cable needle, stitch markers and how many, or embellishments like buttons and zippers, and whether or not they're required or optional. Divide your pattern into very clear sections. Make sure you have a beginning, a middle, and an end. Where do you start and where do you finish? And what happens in between? Be specific and clear with your shaping and note exactly where they happen in the pattern. 
Each section should provide detailed step-by-step instructions. Whether they're fully written out and you use no abbreviations, or you use the standard abbreviations that you can find. Oh, or the ones you create. Make sure you keep a separate list somewhere with your style sheet that includes those made-up abbreviations. So if in the future you decide to do something similar with the same stitch, that you use that abbreviation again. Use bullet points or numbered lists to make your directions easier to follow. If your design includes specific stitch patterns, make sure that at some point, generally at the beginning, you have a clear explanation of how to create them. Provide both written and charts, if possible. Some things can really not be written out well, like color work. And other things, well, charting them just doesn't make a lot of sense. Be as clear and precise and row by row as possible. Make sure that if there's a stitch multiple or a repeat, that you share that. And make sure that if there's been any change in stitch numbers, that at the end of that instruction, you let them know how many stitches they should have. If you want to offer multiple sizes or customize options, clearly outline how to modify the pattern accordingly. This can include instructions for different yarn weights, adjusting stitch counts, or providing additional measurements. These little touches can make a pattern much more appealing. And when you market the pattern, make sure to mention that there are customizations available. Don't forget to include the finishing touches. If the item needs to be blocked or seamed or even as simple as weaving in ends, make sure you note it. Blocking instructions should be clear and complete. If all you did was steam your item, then make sure you let them know that. If you wet block it, and stretch it with pins. Make sure you let them know that. Whatever you did to make your finished item look perfect, include that in the instructions so that the knitter, the crocheter, the crafter knows how to treat their finished item as well. They may choose to do it differently, but they also know that if they choose to do it differently, it might not turn out quite the same. Make sure that any photos or diagrams are clean, clear, and very importantly, make sure 
any written instructions that go with them are right with them, and it's obvious that they're together. They can be so helpful sometimes to see how the designer actually accomplished a specific step. A cardigan with a an I-cord tie, well, how was the tie attached? Did you knit part of the tie and then continue knitting, attaching it that way? Or was it knitted, bound off, and sewn on? How did you do it? Let them know so that they can do it the same way. Make sure your pattern is fully tested and reviewed. It's so important to have your pattern professionally edited. Believe me, even I have mine sent off and don't attempt to do it on my own. If it's a very simple item, you might get away with one or two testers. But if it's a multi-sized garment, make sure you get at least most of the sizes tested before you publish it. You never know where that one stitch count might be off that nobody else caught. The valuable feedback that they provide is beyond description and really helps spot any mistakes or confusions that might part might be in the pattern and may have been overlooked. In this process, patience and detail are key. Making sure each step is clearly explained will help the crafter get the best result. So plan, swatch, write, knit, or crochet. And then format, making sure your pattern is laid out so that it's really clear and really readable. And share. Proclaim to the world, I've created this thing. I know you'll love it as much as I do. Well, folks, that's it for today. This has been pre-recorded much in advance, so I apologize for any weird editing. And unfortunately, I can't tell you what's coming at this point in time. I'm headed out the door for my vacation in just a few days, and I am pre-scheduling this before I go so that I know that when I return, tired, happy, and full of adventure, I won't have to worry so much about the deadlines, shall we say. So I'll let you know what's coming as soon as I can. In the meantime, happy knitting. Don't forget to like and subscribe wherever you listen, and join the conversation in our Ravelry or Facebook groups. For technical editing, find Lisa at arcticedits.com and Nikki 
at handknitsandyoga.com.